It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shake Back Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shake Back Sports show from Apple Podcasts, continuing the latest episode. Yo, twas the night before Christmas and all through the house, some NFL fans were stirring because I don't know what else to say. Anyway, Willie F. Teen Jr., Shake Back Sports OT. This is the final divisional roundup for the NFL as we head to the NFL season. Man, we are less than three weeks away, and I am very, very excited. Equally as excited as my homies, my brothers that I'm going to bring on here in just a minute. But you already know what it is, partner. You already know what it is. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Let's get it. Buddy, you already know what it is when you hear that music. Shake Back Sports. OT, baby. Overtime. Once again, it is live, loud, and in color. Thank you guys out there for checking us out. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, as well as Periscope. We thank you for your support, your love, and all of that. All right, man. Let's go ahead and bring these knuckleheads onto the stage. Knucklehead number one, hailing out of the 318. He is to do everything, man, for Team Up Sports Consultant and the Shakeback Media Group. He is former Sergeant of the Marine Corps, retired. Thank you for your service. Who are we talking about? Jay Mott. 318, y'all stand up. Jay, what's going on, buddy? Oh, uh, Nothing too much. How y'all doing today? Man, everything is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I see you got your cowboy stuff on and behind you. Uh, We're going to let that slide uh, because the next moron is coming to the stage. He's also a cowboy fan, and we didn't already got into it, y'all, off air. Already. The show ain't even started yet, and he didn't already rack my nerves. But you know what, though? He is my homie. He is my little big brother, man. We've been friends for more than 20 years. And, uh, look, if I can go into the kitchen at 1 o'clock in the morning and thaw out some catfish, and we chow down while we play dominoes. This dude knows what I'm talking about. Who am I talking about? None other than Corey Ellison. Corey, what's up, man? What's up, man? Why got, got to be out there, bro? All what? I just gave you, you the. Me? I just gave you the best introduction ever. Well, I just know that y'all just threw an alley you because when I come to Dallas, we gonna have some fried catfish at some point. <laughs> yes, sir. What you what you what you bringing from the booth though? Hey, I, look, I'll find something. So y'all just tell me what we gotta bring, so I You know what, man? That's a bet because uh, you know what, man? Shout out to our, to my boy and our boy Mayor Gerald Brown uh, out there in Richwood, Louisiana. Um, he's going through a little, little bit of a challenge uh, there as the mayor of Richwood. And I texted him earlier today and asked him if there was anything that we could do. And he just said, just pray. Um, Jay, I know you know about what's going on with him out there. I saw it on the news. Corey, just to bring you up to speed, um, there has been a, a an attempt for a recall election for uh, for Gerald. Um, and we got this thing that, or actually there's this thing out on Facebook. I stand with Gerald Brown. So, uh, we stand with you, my brother, when we tell you that not just in deed, but also in work and whatever that may, uh, be that you need us to fulfill. So, uh, and 
you know, I had to mention him too because he's a freaking cowboy fan too. So, uh, you know, he he he's been my good friend since the since I don't know one of them years right after we moved from California. Uh, but he ain't perfect, and him being a cowboy fan uh, attest to that. All right. Well, it sounds like you keep finding friends that um have some common sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your point? Because you, a... you keep you keep flocking to these cowboy fans. So, um... <laughs> I keep flocking to them. That's what I said. Did, did I stutter? You said I keep flocking to them. That uh, you know what, man? Let's wrap this up, man. We better get on to the uh, last two divisions. Look, man. You keep throwing your shots, bro, and don't expect me to say nothing back. We gonna, I'm going to hit back. We gonna, I didn't even say nothing about you. I was talking about Gerald. Man, you said about four things. What did I say, Corey? What did I say? What did he say? You know what? what? Hold on, dog. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? What did I say, Corey? What haven't you said, Willie? What? I'm talking yeah, about the, okay. Never mind. See, that's what I'm talking about right there. I'm, that's what, no, that's what I'm talking about. I keep telling you every week that dementia keeps setting in. You forget what you say. I know what I said. I'm asking you to tell me what I said. I heard what you said. Why well, I got to tell you? Because I asked for it. I'm asking no, for sir. the. See, this is what brothers do, man. That argue, fight, and fuss. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do, man. And I love every freaking second of it. Okay, boys. Come on, man. Let's get to these. Uh, let's get to these last teams in these last two divisions. Uh, our, our Mike, uh, Michael James Hamilton the second, whose team is in the NFC West. That dude is not with us on this episode. Maybe he will come in later. If he does, um, I'll take a poll to see if he is allowed into the room. Um, and hopefully for him, we won't be done by his uh, or done with his team by then. But we might be because we start in the NFC West. And no, you know what? We're gonna start in the AFC West because the team I have pulled up is the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos have three potentially potential rather all pro type of receivers with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler. Now KJ Hamler maybe not so much, but he is a darn good uh, slot receiver. Uh, Cortland Sutton is big, fast, got great hands. Jerry Judy might be just the best route runner in the NFL. Uh, and their running back room consists of Melvin Gordon III as well as Javante Freeman. Now, their skill, their skill players seem to be set, Corey. But right now they have Drew Locke as their number one or their QB1. Um, is is uh, Locke going, be to, going to be the hindrance? Or is he going to be the help? In the long run, I think he's going to be the hindrance. Um, they definitely need to upgrade at quarterback. Like you said, they definitely got the skill position wide receivers there. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had a, a, you know, a real nice solid quarterback, you know, to to couple with those three, then I think things would be a lot better for them. Um, they got talent. Um, I just think they need somebody in that leadership position, a quarterback, to push them further. So do you think that at some point we may see Teddy Bridgewater ascend to the QB1 spot? And if so, if would Drew he? Lock, if, if Drew Locke doesn't do what he's supposed to do, if he doesn't produce, then yes, the next man up got to come on. Yeah, so if that is the case, the case, how confident are we that Bridgewater could actually Take the Broncos to the next step, um, which could potentially be um, to the playoffs with all of the uh, weapons they have on the outside. I think the thing about Bridgewater, man, is that he also has the ability to move around in the pocket and move. Um, I don't know if if Locke has that ability or not. I know he's not as athletic and as fast as him. Um, so. I think it just kind of depends, man. If if Drew Locke can come in and you know and show that he can stay in the pocket and make those passes they need to pay need to make and get those passes to those receivers, then all good. But I don't know how Denver's offensive line is. So if the offensive line is not that good, you're gonna have to have a, a quarterback that has the ability to scramble some, which is what Teddy Bridgewater can do. So it's kind of up in the air. 
Yeah, their offensive line consists of Garrett Boyle or Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry the third, Graham Glasgow, as well as Bobby Massey. Now, they also have Cameron Fleming um, on the depth chart as well. So we'll see. I like I like Melvin Gordon as a running back. I really do. He can run between the tackles. He can run away from you. Um, he wasn't worth nearly the amount of money that he was trying to get when they were in San Diego. He wanted Ezekiel Elliott type money. He ain't Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the defense, Jay, the defense, um, Bradley Chubb on one side. That dude, man, from DeSoto on the other side. Y'all know his name, Bon Miller. Is this the year where we actually get Double-digit plus sacks from both of those guys. Yes, I say so because Patrick Satan is. I mean, he's looking like Champ Bailey out there Oof. early. But when I saw that pick six that he did to Kirk Cousins, yeah, I thought I thought, I thought that was Champ Bailey picking it off. <laughs> he looked just like that. I mean, I was like, whoa. So, and even I think um, Patrick Peterson was up in the booth calling the play at the time. And he it even he even said wow <laughs> you know it caught him off guard, but with those he him coinciding with they got one of the best safeties in football in yes Justin they do mm-hmm. and so they got players at every level that can you know play the defense is solid and Fangio that's his you know that's his specialty is defense so yeah and when you talked about the best one of the best safeties in the NFL of course you're talking about uh, Mr. Simmons. Justin Simmons, he got paid. He got the bag in the offseason, too. Um, I think the weakest link of that secondary might be Ronald Darby because he kept getting toasted when he was in Philly. Uh, but, you know, when you have people that can rush the pa- passer like like uh, Chubb and, 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 and Miller, look, you are, uh, you are putting your DBs in prime position to make a lot of plays. So um, I, like, I like their defense. Um, I think their quarterback play is going to be what is going to either make them or break them. Okay, so let's move on to the next squad in the AFC West. Um, That is going to be the last year's (laughs) runner-up, the Kansas City Chiefs. Y'all know what my motto is when it comes to the Chiefs. You love them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. We beat them last year and should have beat them twice. Y'all got them this year at Arrowhead, um, but they are led, of course, by that bad man. Well, I mean, no, that's Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomey, or Patrick Mahomes is what his birth name is. And we all know the fanfare on offense, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hartman, Travis Kelsey. Um, the offensive line has been revamped with uh, Orlando Brown Jr. that they got in the trade over from the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And then also... Uh, left guard Joe Thune he's there as well and here's the thing man what do you guys think let's start with you Jay with this what do you think needs to happen in order because there are other receivers Byron Pringle okay so we know that Sammy Watkins is gone but Tyreek Hill and McCole Hartman are the speedsters and we know what Tyreek Hill is do we see McCole Hartman actually taking that next step and becoming that viable number two receiver this year, Jay? I do. I believe so because, I mean, he he has the speed, but as far as, like, the nuances that he's getting better at, and if you look at his route running and his intermediate game, that's what's going to really help him. And once he gets that taken care of, because that was the only reason why he slid in the draft in the first place, because he's got world-class speed. It's just, you know, you got – you know, he'll you both you need a route runner and you need somebody that, that can work the underneath. And I think that that way they can play off each other. And then you still have Travis Kelsey in there as well. So, you know, he's the number. I mean, he's you got Tyreek Hill, number one, and then Kelsey one A, because right now, per the NFL network top 100 players, he's in the top 10. So matchup nightmare. And when you have Kelsey and you have Hill. This is look the Raiders. The Raiders showed a recipe to beat the Chiefs as well did as well as the San Francisco 49ers did um, in the Super Bowl not last year but two years ago. And I'm gonna say this, and y'all are probably gonna look at me crazy. 
you the wide receiver core as a whole outside of Tyreek Hill they're average at best and Tyreek Hill makes them above average him and him alone but those other guys average at best I mean but you're not counting Travis Kelsey right you count him as a tight end right? I'm counting him as a tight end but see, okay but here's my thing too with this because of course, nobody's gonna stay be able to stay with with Tyreek Hill all over the field for you know three, four, five seconds. We know that. But if somehow you can, you have to make Pringle and Hartman beat you. I don't care if you have to double. You can double uh, Hill and you can double Kelsey and put them other dudes one on one, or maybe do some sort of combo zone man coverage or whatever. I don't know, but I I I, I really feel as though. And I've been thinking this even when Sammy Watkin was there and they were all doing their – I mean, that receiving core is average at best. And um, I, I just – I just – I hate them. Straight Let me ask down. you this, Willie. Do you think um, with this being his second year, you think they're going to use Clyde? It was a layer more in the passing game? I think they will because that's why they drafted him. That's why they drafted him. I mean, it's going to be another threat too. Yeah, he is another threat, and I think for him, you know, he he had a lot of nagging injuries last year. A lot of, I think it was um, sprained ankles. Yeah, because he actually had a sprained ankle in in camp and had to sit out a few days. So, yeah, that's that's why they drafted him, Corey. So to answer your question, unequivocally, yes. Um, let's talk about the defense, Jay. They've got, huh. One of the top players in the NFL in the secondary, the Honey Badger, he's still doing it. Uh, former Cowboy, Anthony Hitchens is there at the Mike linebacker spot. Now, huh? Playing well, too. Yeah, 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 you're right. Now, here's the deal. Frank Clark on one side, Chris Jones on the other. Frank Clark, hey, he, he <laughs> liked to tote gats and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Ain't that what Biggie told, ain't that what Biggie told us? Packing gaps yes, and sir. stuff. So if 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 Frank Clark is not available for a good part of the season, how would this affect their D line, Jay? Well, it'll be a. I mean, he's all pro. I mean, so it's definitely going to be an impact. I mean, like right now, that's the whole thing that I, there's a lot of teams right now waiting on Roger Goodell to come out and start handing down whether they're going to be able to play or not, and that's that's going to tell a lot. And who. Because if, if teams don't know, they don't know how to react. And, of course, you always try to have the next man up. And surely the Chiefs ain't depending on Taco Charlton. They released <laughs> They They cut him today. Okay. Mm. Well, yeah, well, they cut him okay. today. Well, I'm glad. Well, not glad that he got cut. But you know what I'm saying? As far yeah. as, like, at least their personnel, people, they know, okay, well, his better days are behind him. So. And he was the, what, 23rd pick overall in 2017? Yes. Wow. Well, he, yeah, he, he he was wrecking shop at uh at Michigan, Michigan. Mm-hmm. um and he actually had some good plays down in Miami too, but yes um, he did, and I, he got a ring, and, and he's gotten a ring. He's yeah, cause he got a ring in 2019 with uh or 2000 and yeah 2019 with Mo Claiborne. Yep. Wow. All right, fellas, that's gonna wrap it up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's move on to. I think it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to try to be objective on this, guys, okay? I promise. Um, Year three or four for John Gruden, halfway through, almost halfway through a 10-year, $100 million contract. Uh, I would like for Jay to ask me a question about the Raiders and John Gruden and where I think we are at this point. All right, Willie. Because <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you this question. All right. Based off of the last four years, and where are they where you, your expectations would have projected them for right now? And what is your expectations going into this season? And is this a make or break year for John Gruden and Mike Mayock? Um, I expected the Raiders to actually have been a playoff team by now the last two years we had knocked on the door uh, all the way until the end until it was over 
Uh, so that tells me a couple things. Number one, in that John Gruden and Mike, Mike Mayock had done a, a decent enough job in putting a team together that could uh, that could win. But I think as you go further along into the season, it becomes more about coaching adjustments because in particular with your division foes, you're, they're going to see you for the second time and you got to make those adjustments. Um, I'm glad that Gus Bradley is there to run the defense. Everything that I've been told or everything that I've seen is that the defense looks fantastic. I mean, but how much more you couldn't look any worse than the defense has looked over the last three, four, five, six, 24, 37 years. Um, I think that the personnel is there up front with Crosby and Nguku and even Carl Nassip. The, the linebackers are solid with Littleton. And I think the, the back end has improved as well. I mean, hopefully Jonathan Aber can stop slamming himself into uh, all kinds of objects on the sideline and, and nearly killing himself. Uh, and then when you talk about Mayock, Gruden, and Derek Carr, Derek Carr has never been Gruden's guy. We know that. There's no secret behind it. Um, I just wish that they would just unleash the playbook because we got speed at the wideouts. We got the third best tight end in the NFL. And Josh Jacobs is whatever you want to say about him. He can he he's a bell cow. And with Kenyon Drake coming over, that is going to occupy another weapon, or that's going to provide another weapon out of the backfield and as a as a pass receiver, as well as running between the tackles and outside the tackles. So um, is it a make it or break year? It's not. It's not going to be a make it or break year uh, for for Gruden because he's got ten years, hundred million guaranteed. He ain't going nowhere. Um, so my expectations of them this year is to finally push that last hope over. And when you get to week fifteen, week sixteen, instead of losing those games that could put you in the playoffs, you're not supposed to win those. Can I ask you? There's one player that's been talked about. And he's a linebacker, and his name is K.J. Wright. Yeah. How do you feel about him? Could we, he be the piece that could help that defense? Not only is he a veteran, not only is he a champion, but the experience, I mean, he's like he could be the – he could pull that whole defense together. Yeah, like and, and, and if we can get 70% of 100% of what he used to be, then we are be we'd be all right now. That dude is a tackling machine, and his leadership is would be very very much welcome in that in that linebacking room. Uh, I also Jay like the, the depth that we have on the D line. You know, we got Mister uh, Solomon Thomas over from the Forty ers Gerald McCoy, he can plug the middle middle. So I'm happy about that. Um, I think the defense is going to be markedly better. I mean, like like going from 31st in the league probably to like maybe number 13 or 14. And Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback. He had a career. His best year was last year. His best year was last year better than the 2016 year where he got his leg broken, was about to win the MVP, and we were going to meet y'all in the Super Bowl in Houston. Last year's year was better for him than it was for that one. So if you can give Derek Carr – with these weapons, Ruggs Jr., or I'm sorry, Ruggs III, Brian Edwards, who's a beast, Hunter Renfro is third in Renfro. I don't care what the down and the distance is, he's going to get the first down. And you give Derek Carr in this offense a defense that will go from 32nd to maybe like 13, 14, or 15, the Raiders will be in the playoffs. The Raiders will be in the playoffs. Any other questions? I got a question. Good. Come on. So I saw something on Twitter and I shared it with you. And what do you think about since the Raiders traded Khalil Mack in 2018, they haven't had a defensive player rate over 78. And then there was whispers that the Raiders called to try to get Khalil Mack back. What's your thoughts on that? The fact that they have not had a player to rank 78 or better, um, I attribute that to a couple of things. Number one, the scheme. Number two, the the actual game plan and, and the coordinator. 
uh, whoever I forgot is oh Paul Gunther, get your <laughs> butt out of here. Um, so, and then number three, I understand Corey after reading that that all of that was talked about before they made these other moves in free agency. So, since that's the case, and I didn't realize that until after I had tweeted back at you earlier, don't want them. So if since that new information is available for me, I wouldn't have minded it so much of going to get them. Uh, but now, no. And I base that answer on what I see now as opposed to when that actually took place. Come on. I'll tell you what I thought whenever you asked that question. I was like, okay, well, it would go back to what you talked about last week, Willie, when you, we talked about how if the Raiders won that trade or not won that trade, well, what would it take if, well, what would they were willing to offer to get Khalil Matt back? Because, of course, you're not going to give up three first-round picks now. So that's I guess that was the, the fascinating situation where you really would win the trade at that point if you get him back and give up weight less. Yeah, yeah, because I could see him going back to the Raiders for maybe a two- and maybe another mid round, and maybe some kind of uncon or conditional pick um, that will be contingent upon the success of the team. All right, appreciate it, fellas. Man, that was that was good. I I like being under the gun like that, man. Keep it coming. Y'all got any more questions before we move on? No, sir. Los Angeles Chargers are up next. Jay Justin Herbert, second year quarterback. Um, many people are picking him to, or I shouldn't say many. There's a few people out there that's picking him to win. The MVP. Is he going to take that much of a leap in his second year? I wouldn't say MVP, but he's going to take a big leap. And, I mean, he is a special, special quarterback. I mean, I, going all the way back to his junior year at Oregon, I mean, he, you just knew. I mean, he just looks the part. All he needs is to be molded. And I think that's the key. I really like Anthony Lynn as a head coach because I really like the way he works with quarterbacks or, you know, and I, it was unfortunate that, you know, it didn't work out in Los Angeles. However, you know, this kid, man, and with, he has weapons with Keenan Allen. And, you know, that's, you know, something that, man, he's fun to watch. That's all I can say. I mean, I'm, I'm, I admire him because I, you know, I watch him and I actually enjoy watching. Him. Yeah. The weapons that he has is uh, of course, when, Melvin Gordon III went off to Denver. That gave way to Austin Eckler to be the RB1. They also have Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly um, there in that backfield. Um, Mike Williams, along with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is, uh, to me, uh, one of the, the, if not the best receiver in the NFL that nobody talks about. And uh, unfortunately for him, he's he's sustained a, a couple of really, really serious injuries and had been out for the year a couple of different times. But there's hardly anybody in the league that gets separation like that cat does. And then they added um, Jared Cook, who also played for the Saints. Jared Cook, that Jared Cook who played for the Saints, the Raiders, and the Packers, now is going to take his talents to um, Inglewood. And they got Brian Balaga in the trade from Green Bay. Remember he was uh, their anchor mm-hmm. on, that, on that offensive line. I'm I'm kind of afraid of the Chargers, man. And in in terms of Justin Herbert, Corey, I don't see him suffering from the sophomore slump. What say you? I agree, man. Um, I definitely like Justin Herbert a lot. A big, strong quarterback, man. Has a nice arm. Um, I think he has the weapons as far as receivers. Uh, my question is, what is Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson going to do? Are they going to step up? Uh, you know, Austin Eckler gets hurt from time to time. Can he can he stay healthy? And if he can stay healthy and produce, then there's just going to be that extra thing that that's going to help them uh, offensive-wise. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I, I love Justin Herbert a lot, man. I think it was a great, solid pick for them. Um, he showed what he could do last He showed what he could do last year, and I think he's just going to continue to improve. But, like I said, they need that run game to help them to get over that hump. Yeah, I think for um, for Eckler, I mean, he's not one of the bigger backs. He's not Melvin Gordon the third by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, 
although I did agree with the Chargers not giving him the money, he being Melvin Gordon III, the money that he was asking for, I think they may have pulled the trigger a bit too soon, though, because I don't think Eckler is that guy. I mean, he's a great change of pace, and maybe that's what they plan on doing. Maybe they plan on uh, doing the running back by committee, but Justin Herbert, man, he is the real freaking deal and you know a lot of people they talk about with like green bay and of course you know the long where we went from far to rogers well you know know, montana to young well if you look at you know the chargers where they went from breeze to rivers and now of course they got justin herbert that's a pretty long time that's almost 20 years of good quarterback play that's so very it's true. time for their general manager to build a team around those quarterbacks. Yeah, and quarterback they have now. Yeah, and I think they're going to be much. Imp- a lot of people are picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Actually, um, Joey Bosa's back. Josie, Joey Bosa's back. Uh, Derwin James Jr. is going to be back. Linval Joseph is going to be plugging the middle. I mean, hey, Chris Harris came over from uh, from Denver. He still got a lot in the tank. We'll see, man. Uh, the, I think the AFC West is going to be uh, one of the best divisions in all of football. How's I that, agree. Corey? One of the best. Agree. Shake your head like this if you agree. All right, let's move on to the NFC West. We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals and um, Kyler Murray. How much of a step is he going to take this year in year three, Corey? That's your boy from Allen, Texas. And he, um, I like Kyler Murray. Um, I think sometimes he tries to do too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if he can learn to stay in the pocket more and be poised in the pocket instead of, you know, rolling out so much and gambling, uh, they'll go a lot further. Um, they definitely have receivers there, you know, that he can work with. Um, but like any other team, man, your, your team is going to go as your quarterback goes. And he just gambles a little bit too much for me, man, and tries to do too much. If he can, like I said, if he can, if he can stay consistent and not get under pressure and rattle so easily, they'll go a lot further than what they have been. Yeah, I think um, last year he 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 did show that improvement, particularly in the first part of the season. Um, and then some injuries got a hold of him a little there towards the middle and then the end. Gone is Larry Fitzgerald, although he has not ruled out not playing this year. Um, the receivers that Corey spoke about, Jay, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green in the one-year deal over from Cincinnati, Christian Kirk, the former Texas A&M Aggie, he has all the speed on the wide receiver or in the wide receiver room. I think they have it all. I think DeAndre Hopkins is your do-all, do-everything receiver. I think A.J. Green still has enough in the tank to move the chains. And Christian Kirk can take the top off the defense. Jay? Well, I'm going to be – this is my thing. DeAndre Hopkins, for me, he's the best receiver in football. Because of the simple fact that whether it was in with Deshaun Watson, he could take that that guy can take the top off the defense. He can beat you man to man. He can take it underneath. You could like, I mean, if offensive coordinator, like if I had him, I would just like he was just I mean, it's just and that's who really led the C D Lamb was because when I saw him and I studied him with Houston. And if you watch their games, you see them. They're almost identical. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I mean, DeAndre, that's – I mean, nobody to me – I know t- people talk about Devontae Adams, and that's the only thing that I want Kyler Murray to do is stay in the pocket, get the ball to him. If they do that, it's going to be a show. And the defense, man, they got one of the best safeties out there in Buda Baker, although don't put him in a – don't put him in a uh, heat with uh, DK Metcalf because he's gonna get burnt. Um, Marcus Golden at the at the uh, hey, look who we got joining the fray, just in time. <laughs> Let's bring him on in here. One of the dopest or one of the dopest barbers on the planet. Uh, the CEO of School Clothes. I'll let him tell you guys what that stands for. 
decked out in his Laker gear. Yes, right. He is my Laker brother, Michael James Hamilton the second. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening, bro. Good evening. What's happening, fellas? What's happening? Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, fellas? Not much, man. You chimed in at the right time because we uh, are in your team's division. We've already wrapped up the AFC West. Um, we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals right now. And since uh, I remember you telling me how much trouble the Cardinals gave your 49ers, uh, I had asked the other fellas if they think that uh, Kyler Murray is going to take that next step this year. What do you say? Man, that's the question. You know, I think he has the ability to, man. You know, the time he's been in the league, I can only speak from my experience. He give us fits, man, you know, but we have trouble with more mobile quarterbacks anyway, but he's he's mobile and he can really throw the football. So we usually we usually get end up in dog fights when we play him, man. But you know, it's always levels to it. You know, okay, you show the league you can play. Now, can you take the next step and elevate your squad? You know, you being able to play is one thing. But the elevation of your squad, that's what he's going to f- have to find out this year. And without Larry Fitzgerald, you know, that takes a little security blanket away from him. But DeAndre Hopkins, of course, is a top-tier receiver. And uh, Christian Kirk, I like him. Uh, defensively, they're okay. I, you know, I think they got some guys on there that still got something to prove. But, you know, I look for them, honestly, be third or fourth in the division. So I don't, I don't know where, you know, how high that step is going to be. But he's going to have to make it if they're going to contend. Yeah, we were talking about um, the defense, and in particular, uh, Buda Baker. He's one of the best safeties out there. Just don't put him in the same heat with uh, DK Metcalf, and he might survive. I'm looking for a big step, man, from Isaiah Simmons. I picked that dude to be the uh, defensive player of the year or the uh, defensive rookie of the year, and I know he was just trying to fill around. He, he He's so talented, and he can play so many positions. I think that actually went against him last year. Uh, exactly. so, so now that he has gotten his feet wet and uh, gotten his duck bill knocked around a couple times, maybe for him and that team, that he will be able to take that next step. And then J.J. Watt on the front line. I mean, if you can get – I like to say it this way. If you can get 70% of 100% of what he used to be, they will be you're okay. Winning. Say it again? I said you're right. You, you're winning. If you get 70% of what he used to be, you winning. Yeah, yeah. All right. Because he only has to be the other guy. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. And a couple of – this is going to be some over-under stuff. Y'all know how I like to play with numbers. So, uh, Jay, Matthew Stafford, over-under, 33-and-a-half touchdown passes this year. Let me tell you a little story real quick about Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. Hey, he's talking to applause. He's from Dallas, okay? Highland yeah, Park High School. One of number, like one of the, I guess, like the top number two. I mean, it's, it's a nice school. And I was the Marine Corps recruiter for that school the year that he was there. So I got a chance to meet Matt Stafford. I've always liked him. I always, you know, he went to Georgia, done a great job there. Went on to and made a lot of money in Detroit. And I mean, he's a warrior. I mean, he's just not a, a lot of people seen. But he's gonna show out with the Rams. He gonna he gonna throw over thirty three touchdowns. Hmm. So I, I say thirty five. Okay. Over under. Corey. The amount of touchdowns between Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson. Cooper Cup, 34. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 27 and a half. Deshaun Watson, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I'm going to say under because Deshaun Watson can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Mike, you you like you wanted to say something. Now who Deshaun Jackson? Is that I mean, where Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Is that is that where he is? Did I say Deshaun I Watson? Even that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that's what Jackson was. Yeah, yeah, he signed there in the offseason. He so, can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. His hamstring is gone. Right, right, right. Okay. So Mikey, what you say? 
You said what was the number twenty seven and a half? Uh huh. Under that. Yeah. I, I don't I think they they're tight they're tight end their tight end is gonna have to play a lot and catch a lot of balls and for them to really be successful. So I do think he's gonna throw into the thirties, you know, thirty five kind of high. I can see 30, 31. but because because to to win in our division, you really got to be able to run the football. And that's where I was really going. That's where I, and that's where I was going next because Cam Akers is out for the year. Daryl Henderson Jr. steps up. It'd be him and Xavier Jones. Tyler Higby is their tight end, and he actually is one of the top ten tight ends in the league, if you ask me. Uh, I'm not sure about that running game. You know, I don't know if Henderson Jr. is going to be able to carry the load like they were expecting Cam Akers to do. And of course, Ty Gurley is not there anymore. So, uh, with that that hit that's been taken to their running game, I think it's going to affect Stafford and those receivers um, in a sense. Now, he was in Detroit, and he's throwing for four or 5,000 yards in Detroit with basically only Calvin Johnson. So we're about right. to find out really how good of a quarterback either he is <laughs> or how good of a quarterback he's not. <laughs> One of the and two. He has, and he has a good coach, too. Yes, he does. And he got a very good coach. Yeah. He got a defense for a change. Yeah, and that and that's where I was going next. Their defense, on paper, one of the best. They got that guy in the in the on the back end. I think y'all might know his name is uh, Mr. Peter or uh, sorry, Mr. Ramsey. Um, Aaron Donald is is still the man on, uh, along the front. Uh, I think their linebackers might be the weak point of their squad, but you know what? When you got Aaron Donald and Sebastian Joseph Day and Ashawn Robinson that can actually get pressure on the quarterback. And stuff to run at the same time, you might have something there. Okay, that's the Los Angeles Rams. Let's move on to dun dun dun. dun. Who's next? Goldberg. Who's next? San Francisco 49ers. Let's put Mike on the uh on the hot seat. We all gonna ask him one question. Okay, and let him let him sweat it out. Uh, who wants to go first? Go, Jay. <laughs> Go, DJ. That's my DJ. You're the general manager, your head coach, whoever making the decision today. Trey Lance, is he your starting quarterback opening day? Opening day, baby. Opening day. We already know what Jimmy Garoppolo is, man. You know, no offense to him, but he is what he is. You know, he's. He's at this stage, he's an unhealthy uh, game manager that can make some plays, but mm-hmm. nothing downfield. You know, the, the the inability to stay healthy is his biggest knock, but my biggest complaint is always he don't throw the ball past 15 yards. So when we play play uh, teams, they just sit, they, they secondary sit at 15 yards and dare us to throw the ball, and he don't. And you can't beat nobody like that consistently, man, because it keeps it keep too many guys in the run game. You know, they're they not scared you're going to go over their head. So everybody's looking downhill at the run, which is what we do best, you know. I, and, and, and what I've seen through the preseason, uh, both through analysis from the uh, reporters that are there at practice and the preseason games, if Jimmy Garoppolo going to make the same mistakes Trey Lance made, I'd rather Trey Lance make them so he can learn from them and, and give us the upside. Good point. Good point. Also, and, they they have the most underrated wide receiver core in the fall. Man, I'm telling. If we have somebody, I'm telling Trey Lance is going to make Brandon IU and Debo Samuel household names, man. Because those dudes, they're they're hamstrung. They've only been able to do maybe fifty five percent of what they probably really should be doing because we don't throw the ball deep. And 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 your head coach, Coach Callahan. Um, no, what's his name? Shanahan. Shanahan. I'm thinking about Bill Callahan. Coach Shanahan came out today and said, or yesterday actually, and said, I'm not ready to make the decision on who's going to start yet. That's an indictment against Jimmy Garoppolo, if you ask me. Um, because at the beginning of the training camp, he said it was Jimmy's job. Yep. And once again, you know, he can he can say he can be the, a political coach. <laughs> yeah, hey, we, we, you know, Jimmy's looking great. We're going, he's just easy guy. But he's there at practice, and he sees the same thing we're seeing. This is the same guy that didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to throw more than eight times in a playoff game. This is the guy that traded three picks to go get this kid. So for me to sit here and think that he don't think this kid can come in and play right away, 
I mean, I don't go for that, but I never believe coaches this time of year anyway. Yeah. I don't think I believe coaches any time of the year. <laughs> Corey, what's your question for Big Mike? Big Mike, my question is, um, your 49ers traded away two fourth-round picks, I believe, to move up to get um, Trey Sermon. Do you think he's going to be a bell cow and a running back for your, for your team? I don't think he's going to be a bell cow. But if, if history follows my football team, he'll have a three- or four-week stretch where he's going to get a lot of carries. You know, Raheem Mostert is the guy. But all our backs, at some point or another, seem to get tired, get hurt, get worn down. So between uh, Mostert, uh, Hasty, Sermon, and Elijah Mitchell, all of those guys will have games where you look like, that's the guy right there. That's him. So all I, but I do know one thing for Trey Sermon. He's going to get a lot of uh, short yardage uh, carries uh, and in the red zone carry because of all the backs, he's the one guy that, that brings that bang between the tackles. Yo, I got to say this real quick because um, I'm cracking up. I'm looking at Corey's screen, y'all, and I see Martin playing on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> And he doing the dead. He doing the dead. <laughs> okay, enough humor. Um, Trey Sermon is when he was at Ohio State, dude, and running those people over, running those kids over. I knew he was gonna have at least a decent NFL career. Now, running backs from Ohio State typically have not done that great. Uh, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be the one. Well, Zeke Elliott has already broken the mold. Um, and then uh, J.K. Dobbins. You. You're welcome. J.K. Oh, by the way, I hate them because he went to Ohio State. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I think he's next on the list. Trey Sermon. I think they have a good complement of running backs with Mostert, Trey Sermon. Wayne Gaumans, the second comes over from the Giants. He can actually tote the ball between the tackles too. So this may be what we see or what we have seen before when it was what Brita Mostert and uh Tevin Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman and Jeff Wilson. See we're gonna we gonna somebody gonna get cut out of our running back room that's gonna go somewhere and get some get get big carries. Because we actually got a pretty deep uh allotment of running backs. And if you keep four backs, we're gonna cut somebody because I forgot to uh mention Wayne Gallman. He's looked good in the preseason for mm-hmm. us. Y'all still got Kyle Youth too, right? Oh, and we just paid him, so, you know, he going to – now, I'm glad you said that. You know, as good an offensive coordinator as Kyle Shanahan is, he doesn't give him the ball enough during the season. And we pay him like a guy that's really going to get touched the ball. Now, in the run game, he blocks a lot, but he don't catch the ball enough, you know. he That, that kid is – I mean, that dude can play. Yeah, he can. But he can really play, but we'll go two – he might go two, three games. He don't get no, no catches, no carries, no nothing. But we, yeah, we still we playing a fullback five, six, seven million dollars a year. I want, I mean, I want to get more use out of that if we gonna pay him. Yeah. Also new to the squad is uh, Muhammad Sanu Jr. or senior rather. Mm. Um, he's gonna have an impact. He's gonna have an impact from a veteran standpoint for Ayuk and Tuck Your Chain. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Tuck Your Chain. That he needs. He needs it. Debo got to stay healthy, man. Debo <laughs> is dynamic. I to me. Me rating him, Ayuk is the better receiver of all of them. Mm-hmm. Debo is the, probably the most explosive because of his running back slash wide receiver style of play. Mm-hmm. But Debo gets hurt too often for me. That's the only thing, man. He got to, if he, We need to keep him healthy so we can truly see how great he can be. Okay. All right, I have a question, and then we're going to move on to the Seattle Seahawks. And mine comes from the defensive side of the ball. Um, it seems like that you guys have – Playmakers at a, every level. Nick Bosa back from the knee injury. Um, Fred Warner, Aziz Al Shahir, and well as as well as Emmanuel Mosley, uh, Jimmy Ward, and Jason Verrett in the secondary. Uh, out of those three levels, which one do you believe is the weakest part of the defense? Ah, uh, good question. Because really, it's two levels. And when you said, when you name those linebackers, not Shair, it's Dre Greenlaw and, and Fred Warner. Those are the two. Shair is the third linebacker. He doesn't play very much. He usually only play on first down. But Dre Greenlaw, I don't know if y'all ever watched this dude. That kid is a tackling machine. Mm-hmm. 
He made us get rid of Quan Alexander. We paid Quan Alexander big money. Yeah. This kid don't do nothing but make tackles. That's it. If you're around him, you get ready to go to the ground. He don't he don't play no game. So I think that's the strength of Fred Warner. He all, you know, he all pro. You know, defensive line, we got good depth. You know, we're depending a lot on Nick Bosa being healthy and D Ford being healthy. Those two big old ifs, man. You know, yeah. I, I hate to say that about my own squad. D Ford is raggedy as they come, and Nick Bosa is working on two two major knee injuries in three years. So is it two potential? Yeah, you know, he got hurt. He got hurt at, at, at Stanford, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah, he was hurt there. He came had a had a good rookie season. I'm not one that inflates it. He wasn't great. He had nine sacks. Okay, I saw Adam Smith come in and have 14 sacks. So nine don't impress me like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then he tore his knee up again last year. So in in three years, he's had two major injuries. You know, he get hurt one more time. That's that. I don't want him no more. Yeah, he so damaged goods for real. Yeah, we're depending a lot on his health. And D Ford, man, he came to us from Kansas City hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's on the field, he provides an element of speed that we need. But, you know, it's like anything else, man. If you got a raggedy car, man, are you going to drive that to California? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not banking my safety on that. <laughs> only, so I would say, only if I'm in California. Yeah, exactly. So secondary is probably the thing that sticks out because we really don't have any superstars. Mm-hmm. But Jason Verrett is pretty solid. He came back off an of injury, uh, played two or three years, and played really well last year. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping he's able to do that again. And on the other side, Emmanuel Mosley, as an undrafted player, he's played pretty well, but he's not a he's not a Pro Bowl caliber player yet. You know, maybe he'll emerge as that. We drafted a young guy, uh, Amadou Le- Lenoir, I think that's his name. He's played pretty well in the preseason. And then, you know, we bring back, uh, I think, Kwan Williams. So secondary is probably our weakest part, you know. So if I was going to brag, I would brag on the front seven and hope that the back end hold up. You know, that's really that's really what we're hoping is that our back end is able to hold up under pressure. If the front end, if both and Ford are there now, those guys look a whole lot better because you ain't getting but three and a half, four seconds to throw the football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the 49ers, man. Let's uh, end this thing with the Seattle Seahawks. Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous Russell Wilson and all of the drama that took place in the offseason between him and Pete Carroll. Uh, I want to play in Chicago. I want to get traded to the Vegas Raiders, but he winds up staying. Um, Jay, where do you rank or would you put in the top ten as a trio Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. In the top 10 in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. Because Metcalf, I mean, he's going to continue to progress. Wilson's one of the best quarterbacks in football. And Carson, as long as he stays healthy, he's a beast. Yeah. Chris Carson is a, is a very good fantasy pickup, too. Because he gets yards and he stays in on third down. So, I, I I tend to agree with you there, um, Corey. They have a pretty good uh uh set of receivers in Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and even Freddie Swain to some degree. Um, I'm not putting them in the top ten as far as a trio goes, but do they have the necessary tools and talents to to help Seattle get further into the playoffs than what we've seen the last few times they've been there? Those receivers? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that their receiving core is – I would say that a lot of teams would wish that they had their receiving core versus, you know, what they have. Um, I'm not saying that about my squad, but a lot of teams would. Um, Tyler Lockett is explosive, man, like like you said. And, um, D, I mean, DK Metcalf is explosive. Uh, Tyler Lockett – is explosive. Uh, so it's kind of like pick your poison with those two. Um, we know Russell Wilson, what he can do, man. He's dynamic. But I will say for Russell Wilson, man, I don't I don't know if it was the situation with the coaches, but we know he started off like, like he was all world. Like we thought he was going to be MVP of the league, and then he just fell off a cliff. So 
like we always say with any team, man, you're only going to go as far as your quarterback goes. So if he raises his, his game up to where it was in the beginning, like it was last year and stay consistent, they're going to be hard to deal with. So Mike, this, this is one of your, uh, cause you, you came on with the thumbs down. Uh, this is one of your division rivals. What is it that it you would like to see or basically not see from Seattle that would make it easier for them to be trampled over? Well, at first, the reason I gave them a thumbs down is because of all the teams in our division, that's the toughest one to me because they got the best quarterback. And when we play them, man, it's always, you know, you got to really bring your A game to be Russell Wilson. You know, and as far as his fall off last year, he did start off like the MVP, man. He was he was balling. Their problem is always going to be they don't invest in the offensive line. I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they try to cheap skate their way out of They don't even want to pay Dwayne Brown. Now, come on, man. This dude is a solid left tackle, being an all-pro and a pro bowler, and they cheap trying to be cheap with him. You know, so what does that tell Russell Wilson? Y'all not willing to invest in me and keeping me upright. But that's, that's usually where they, their downfall is. You know, they're they not an easy win. I mean, one thing about Russell Wilson, he's going to always win nine games. Always, he's gonna always come out with he. He hasn't had a losing season. This dude gonna always find a way to get him nine games. And if you let the game be within fourteen points at the start of the fourth, you got to fight on your hands, dude. Yeah, you got to fight on your hands, man. This dude is gonna he gonna give you everything he's got. He gonna run a little bit, and he don't never let you hit it. He gonna always hook slide. You ain't gonna never get no lick on it. And he and he can throw the ball with the best of them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I have. I only hate teams that I have respect for, and I got a lot of respect for Russell Wilson. I mean, he's the, once again, this dude kept me out of the Super Bowl, so I, he, he earned my respect a long time ago. And I think I do think that, you know, with the receiving coach, like I said, I see I see Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf twice a year, and Tyler Lockett don't get talked about like he should, man. But that's a bad little old dude, man. This cat here, I mean, he he will roast your secondary if you if you ain't getting. Consistent pressure and good coverage, he is deadly. And then DK Metcalf, this dude is a, a specimen. Yeah. If he ever becomes an elite route runner, I don't know what you're going to do with him. Right now, he's a decent route runner, but he's a big, fast guy. Right. If he ever gets to where he could really stick his foot in the ground and cut on a dime and make moves like that, God bless us all. <laughs> God bless us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, with that being said, <clears throat> I, I'm going to say this about the Seahawks. A couple things, actually, before we get out of here. Um, Jamal Adams, congratulations to him. He got the bag. Mm. As one of, yeah, he got the bag. Well, I, think, I, I think that's too much money to pay for a safety, but I'm glad they spent it there and then spent it on that old line. Yeah, well, they probably need to spend it on the, spend it on the old line. And then the second thing is this, is that this team could very conceivably, understandably finish first in the division. But you know what? I could see him finishing last, too. They're not going to finish last. I, Russell, I'm telling you, Russell Wilson don't play that because he I, don't play that at all. I get that. But what I'm saying is this is a testament to how good that division is. Because because of their offensive line issues, because of all of that that we discussed, because of the drama in the offseason, I could see this team finishing first, but I could see them finishing last too. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see it. Yes or yes? Yeah, man. If Russell Wilson get hurt, yeah. Other than Depends that, on the quarterback no play. Depends on the quarterback play. Okay. That and that's the theme, and I understand that. Um, so if if Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, and he's the best quarterback in the division, then why in the world are we talking about the 49ers being a Super Bowl contender? Because we the league. Because we know how, because we got what it takes to win. We got what it takes to win. It's our, our whole thing is, you know, is Trey Lance going to, is he going to perform well enough? Can he, can he do what Ben Roethlisberger did his first year? Just do your job, man. Don't, don't turn the ball over a whole lot. Keep the running game solid. Throw 25 touchdowns and throw the ball down the field at least four times a game. If we can do that, we can beat anybody. And let's not forget, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he is the son of Mike Shanahan, and who was a rookie quarterback in 2012. 
I think he put, he works for ESPN now. Oh, so oh, oh uh, with... Roberto Griffin III. Exactly. So, yeah. so Kyle Shanahan knows, and and the one thing, just if you would have taken that injury out, his rookie oh. year. Oh, they go. Yeah, if he if he don't get hurt like he did, and then get re hurt in that game against Seattle in the playoffs. They had that game won because they were rolling until he hurt his leg again. And that the changed the course of their whole franchise. That was it because it just, because because he rushed back the next year mm-hmm. instead of taking the time to get healthy, and he never was the same again. But that's a good point, Jay. I really didn't didn't put it in that context. If Shanahan just allows him to use his assets and gifts, but also keep a rein on him to where he doesn't turn the ball over too much, we're going to run the ball 25 times a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We need our biggest thing we needed. We needed those three or four deep shots a game to make the defense back up, and we never would do that. So they just kept sitting on, kept sitting on everything. You know, with Trey Lance now, watch George Kittle. Watch Kittle now. He won't have to play in such a congested box no more. And he already a dog. All right, man. That's the music blaring in the background. So that means it's time to get up out of here. To Jay Mott, Corey Ellison. Big Mike, Willie Epstein Jr. Man, y'all stay safe. Y'all hug each other. Y'all love each other. And we'll talk to y'all again real soon. Peace. We out.